In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. gentlemen welcome back to the true life podcast hope everybody's having a beautiful day friday we made it there's something to be said about the world awakening to this new sort of paradigm that we're in and i have an incredible show for you today everyone probably already knows the incredible dr randall hansen however ladies and gentlemen it is with great pleasure and excitement that we welcome dr randall hansen a healing advocate educator ethicist and thought leader who is pioneering a healing revolution. Driven by a profound commitment to helping the world heal, Dr. Randall's groundbreaking work is redefining the way we perceive healing, particularly in the context of trauma and personal growth through the intentional use of psychedelic substances and plant medicines. At the heart of his mission lies the ancient yet profoundly relevant concept of healing, derived from the old English healing, meaning to make whole. Dr. Randall's work encourages us to ponder what it truly means to be whole, to mend not only our physical wounds, but also the scars of our souls. He knows firsthand the struggle of living dual lives, one dominated by trauma-fueled fears and the other filled with love, hope, kindness, and peace we all yearn for. Through his transformative book, Triumph Over Trauma, Dr. Randall has guided us on a journey towards complete healing, empowering us to rediscover our true authentic selves the individuals we were destined to be before trauma disrupted our lives. His message is a crystal clear one. It's time to stop wasting time, money, and energy on incomplete and inaccurate methods to break free from the confines of conventional healing, which often leaves us with nothing more than a diagnosis and a prescription. Dr. Randall's work introduces us to the Healing Wheel, a holistic framework designed to address the multifaceted nature of healing. He delves into the six major modalities of holistic healing, bridging the gap between trauma and true healing. He also provides invaluable insights into how to find true healers, shares inspirational healing journey stories, and equips us with practical tools and techniques for our own healing journey. This interview promises to be a transformative exploration of Dr. Randall's profound insight and empowering philosophy. 
plus the new book, Heal. We are honored to have him with us today, a beacon of hope and a world yearning for healing, self-discovery, and the embrace of our authentic selves. Dr. Randall Hansom, welcome to this platform where your vision of complete healing and personal transformation will undoubtedly inspire and enlighten all those who have the privilege of listening. Thank you for being here today. George. <laughs> First of all, again, always an honor. You're a friend, a colleague, an inspiration. In fact, you inspired me to do this little assessment we're going to do in a few minutes. Yes. And I truly am, uh, feel like uh, we are one set of wings flying off in this healing journey together. And I love it. So thank you very much. Ah, the feeling's mutual. You know, I, I'm so stoked to, to uh, the first book that came out, Triumph Over Trauma. And then you have this new book, Healing, coming out with all these modalities. I can't wait to get into all of these wonderful things that are happening. And I want to say thank you and to your lovely wife, Jenny. You guys are an amazing team. You're helping so many people. Thank you for all the work you guys are doing. It's really incredible. So yeah, where should we kick this thing off at, man? Let me, you know, we often say, how are you? <laughs> and so uh, let me take that a little further. In, in working on these books, I found that, uh, I guess to some people, trauma is a scary word or it's a word that has an imagery that maybe doesn't fit the reality of what we're trying to talk about. And then even healing, I think sometimes uh, people have a maybe a, I don't want to say a negative connotation, but uh, something with healing. And so I just want to ask a couple questions about to the audience. Are you affected by past trauma? So I'm just going to ask a couple questions. I'm going to give a little explanation. You answer on your own. Raise your hand quietly, whatever you want to do. But uh, so the first question is, how comfortable are you being you? And I ask that because I know in the depth of my trauma, I didn't like myself. I looked in the mirror and I didn't really recognize who I was. And I have a good friend who talks about it this way. Uh, Chris says, before he was healed, what he calls the old Chris, um, he hated being alone. He would do anything to go out, anyone call him up. Yeah, I'm at the bar, I'm at whatever. He didn't want to spend any time by himself. To me, that is a classic sign that you need healing. So that's one question. Second question is, do you have unexplained outbursts of fear, anger, uh, loneliness, frustration? Again, I use an example from my life. Uh, I love to build things. And in my deepest traumas, if I was working on a cabinet or a piece of furniture, I can't tell you how many pieces of wood were mashed to bits or a hammer thrown across the room. Again, not normal behavior. So again, that, that to me was a sign of that experience. Uh, the classic one for me, do you hide yourself behind what I call a mask? You know, are... And better, a second follow-up to that is, do you even know the face that's under that mask? Uh, you know, I had a mask that was the good husband. I had a mask that was the father. I had the mask that was the going out drinking with my students. I had a mask that was the good professor. You know, all these different masks I wore. And I actually, at some point in, in the real depths of it all, lost 
my true self. I didn't know which was a mask and which was not. So again, if you wear masks, that's probably a sign that you have trauma. And then the last one I say, there are a couple more. Uh, I, George, I know you'll link, you'll put the link into the, sure. on the show notes, but the other one is, do you uh, have moments where you just feel shame and resentment and you don't know the reason for it? You know, that's typically what we call being triggered by something. Uh, but if you're getting these unexpected reactions from something that's a fairly normal thing, maybe someone just asking you a question and you just have this crazy reaction to it, uh, that's probably a sign that there's some trauma in you. And so I just want to get that out there because I, I just feel, I don't know, I, you know, we talked about this, that I'm trying to start this yeah. healing revolution or I'm trying to join with many others on this healing revolution. And I think the part of it is we just need to get over that. The vast majority of us have some sort of trauma in our past, whether it's a trauma of some kind of uh, hurt or abuse that was done to us or trauma of love that was or goodness that was withheld from us. And if we're not living our our best lives, what we if we're not happy with ourselves or um, or having these kind of reactions. And I think it's just so important to to find that healing. And of course, the first book was all about psychedelics as this emerging tool for healing that is so powerful, so profound, and can do so many positive things. But in the process of writing the book, I also found that so many people were using other things, either in addition to psychedelics or separate from psychedelics. So that's where the impetus of the of the new book came from to say people are a little still a little scared of psychedelics and you know yeah there are there are other healing modalities you can do either with or without psychedelics and so that's that's where we are today and i love you for allowing me to have that little kind of intro to ask people how they're doing how are you really doing how are you feeling today and maybe today's the day you say all right i'm going to take that first step i'm going to find out what what's a healing journey and, and, and what it takes to get on one. Yeah. I love that. I, there's something to be said about us beginning to live our own authentic lives and waking up to what it is that we're not happy about, you know, whether it was your parents being divorced or maybe somebody that you love died recently, or maybe you're in a position that you don't love to be in, you know, in, and so often we take out these things that we have been taught on the world around us, whether it's our relationships, our family, our job place. There's like this miss there's, I think it was Alfred North Whitehead who talked about the fallacy of misplaced concreteness. And it's this idea that we, you know, we can, we can move that to anger. A lot of times our anger gets shifted. If you're angry at your wife or your husband or kids, sometimes you take that into the workplace and you ruin those relationships, but it begins with you, right? Waking up to this trauma that happened to you and asking yourself, why, why do I feel this way? Why am I unhappy? That's like yeah. the first, that's like rubbing your eyes when you wake up and all of a sudden you can start to get a clearer picture of like, Hey, maybe, maybe I can work on this. And when you start working yeah. on that, things start to get better. And then the more you, you really begin to understand why you feel the way you feel, the better your relationships get, the better you get in the workplace. And you know, maybe you could, I think we touched on this a little bit and I love, I love that intro. Like, what does it mean to be truly whole? And like, how, how can we assess our own sense of completeness considering, you know, the etymology of healing as to make whole? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, when I was, I, I just love this idea of wholeness because, and, and that's why the whole holistic healing, because if you're truly healed, you do become whole. And, and uh, we talk about uh, trauma creates a shadow within us. We call it the shadow self. It's a, uh, I, I don't, you know, it sort of sounds like a bad word, but it's sort of like the garbage dump in a way of where we put all the negative stuff. So we, you know, we push it down, we push it down. And whether it's one horrible trauma or a, or a thousand paper cuts, we just keep pushing it down. And true healing. And again, maybe the spoiler alert for people, and hopefully you won't turn off the broadcast now, but... You know the healing journey is never over, so that's kind of the 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 thing. The healing journey gets better and smoother yeah. and easier, and it's more maintenance once you get to that whole point. But we live in this world where trauma happens all the time, so just because you heal doesn't mean you're not going to get have someone something else happen to you. But the wholeness means we so we live this life, we live this divided life, whether we know it or not. And the signs are some of the things we just talked about. And so healing starts this process of kind of like, who am I? Who am I really? And we, and by going using some of these modalities, we discover these issues, these things we push down, some of which we might have totally forgotten about. And so wholeness comes when we can bring that hurts part of ourselves into our full reality and become this. So our life is not always just the good stuff. You know, it's life is good and bad, and yeah. we have to find a way to, to integrate all that. And so I love psychedelics uses some of these terms already, integration, shadow, yeah. but that's what healing is all about. It's about, so again, these parallels are, are, are fascinating. And of course, that's, psychedelics are certainly one of the, the six healing modalities. Yeah, it's, that's one that I've been familiar with too. But on some level, I, I think all these modalities have a this Ariadne thread that runs through them. And it's like this shift of perspective. Yeah. Like you and I have talked quite a bit about psychedelics. Maybe we can yeah. talk about some of the other healing modalities that 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 you are aware of and that are grace the pages of your new book. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I love in the in the weeks prior that you had Rachel on talking about uh, sound healing. Yes. And then you had Lauren on uh, last week, I think, talking, I call her 3M, the yeah. mindfulness, meditation, and microdosing. And uh, that's, the, that's the cool part. I mean, we have, we don't have to be, you know, let me just come back to that for a second. Yeah. You know, but we don't have to be a disorder. We don't have to have a label that right. a right. doctor, big pharma, whoever gives to us. And that's, that's, also, one of my frustrations is that, you know, oh, yes, we have, uh, you know, PTS, you know, e you know, even uh, everything's everything is now become a disorder. So I love that we have these true healing modalities that are honest, non-medical uh, and holistic, you know, that treat the whole person. And so let's look at. Um, so, yeah, we talked about psychedelics. Um, one of the big ones for me was, is nature yeah. and nature is fascinating to me. And I didn't know, I knew some of the, a little bit of this stuff beforehand, but 
Uh, so there are a couple of things going on with nature. Uh, all these scientific studies show that just time spent in nature has a calming sense for us. So that's not necessarily healing, but that's the start of the process. It, it, it relaxes us, gets us in a mode where we can turn off the world a little bit and then actually listen to our thoughts and start thinking uh, more deeply. Um, there are also these chemicals that trees and plants give off called phytoncides that are truly amazing and they uh, increase our our uh, cancer killing cells in our body that strengthens our immunity so not only are we strengthening our mind and working on healing in this process but we're also strengthening our body through these chemicals that the plants give off and then uh, the japanese have long been wise to this practice they call it forest bathing uh, and again, that's simply just being in the forest, in a sense, almost like forest meditation, where you are sitting there, looking at the trees, watching the birds, smelling the smells, listening, maybe you hear waterfall or river in the distance. And all these things help put you in a contemplative state of mind that allows the mind to kind of relax. I'm not going to say the default net mode network that we talked about with psychedelic shuts down, <laughs> but it, it quiets down enough that we do get other voices that can come up. And what about that? What about this thing? What about that thing that happened to me? And 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 it allows us some contemplation. I think is that is so important to healing because even with psychedelics, we talk about you know it's not the medicine, it's not the journey itself, it's what you do with what you see and feel and experience in that journey. You could have a profound journey and go back to a horrible life and do nothing about it and your life's not gonna improve. You know, so all these are just tools. You still have to do the work, but nature for me personally, uh, you know, I didn't even know I was starting on a healing journey. When I went, you know, people thought I was, you know, people both to my face to give them credit, but also people behind my back you know, we're saying, you know, I, we think Dr. Hansen's lost his mind because I was living in a suburban area and I bought land thousands of miles away. And I just said, I'm moving up there. And I didn't know why. I just had this, again, intuition, this call, the creator, the universe, whatever you want to call it, greater power. And I found a vast majority of my healing spending long hours every day in this forest that I, actually i thought i was helping the forest gain its health back by by you know uh, cutting down dead trees and diseased trees and, and really the forest was bringing me back to health and so that's the 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 cool part about many of these healing modalities i think there's there's a there's a neat give and take between them so that that to me is is nature there, there's just so much beauty in nature and we are so far disconnected from nature i mean you're not i know you live in a paradise uh i kind of live in a paradise here but so many people in the concrete jungle uh you know they just you know don't know the healing power we have all these plants all these native plants that we've lost their meaning i'm not even talking about the plant medicines themselves which are amazing but uh yarrow the, you know, people call weed up here and it has all sorts of healing uh, 
elements to it, including one that's sort of a natural novocaine. So uh, if you have a toothache, you can put some of the root in your gums and it, it naturally numbs it. So I mean, so nature is healing in the way also that we need to be reconnected with nature. Um, but I'll also, before I know, before I'll, I'll just add one quick thing. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to go to a national park or a national forest. You know, uh, if you live in a city and especially if a city, something like I think about New York, which was so smart in building Central Park in the middle of the city. So there's a respite for people. And I think a lot of cities have these kind of city parks. And so you don't have to leave the city. I mean, it's wonderful if you can take a trip and go to the national park or a national forest, but you can just go to this park and just sit in a bench and still have that nature healing. Yeah, I love it. You know, there's a certain sort of language and symbiosis that happens. And when you talk about you moving and you go to the forest and you're cutting down these dead trees and you, know, you think you're, and you are in some way, you are helping nature. But yeah. isn't it an amazing way how nature is telling you like, hey, maybe you could cut down some of your old dead ideas. You know, if you want, if you want the new growth, you got to get rid of this old growth. Yep. And we can see ourselves in nature. And it, like you said, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be at the Yosemite National Park. It would be awesome if you could go. But if you just take time to sit out in your own garden, just yeah. contemplate what's happening out there. Take a deep look at all the plants and the trees around you. I think you can do a lot of learning. You know, Jeremy yeah. Narby wrote a book called the, the Cosmic Serpent. And in that book, they, he talks about the language between people and plants and how if you just observe the ecosystem of the plant, I think that and in that book, they talk about how you can learn a lot about the ecosystem of yourself. And I think that yeah. nature is constantly trying to communicate with us, but yep. we're so closed minded. Sometimes we've been so conditioned from such an early age that we have forgotten the language of nature, but it's, it's innate. We speak it. And if you just yeah. sit self, sit yourself with it, you'll, you'll pick it up and you'll start learning. It's nature is and, a very powerful modality. Yeah. And if you think, you know, we don't, we never think about what's below the surface, but if yeah. you think about the roots and, and the mycelium of the, of the fun of the mushrooms, you know, all these are uh, a relationship. The trees are connected. The roots are connected to each other and it's, and they're helping each other. And it's a great way of thinking about us as people, you know, we, our roots aren't, our roots are intermingled, but we've forgotten that we don't look below. We, we are, we're not, you know, some of us are helping each other and that's a wonderful thing. And I hope that's another goal of my idea with healing is because once we're healed or on that healing journey, we look around at our, our neighbor or our friend and we, we put out a hand and we say hey let, let me help you heal yeah and so there's that connection there are roots are now coming together again and yeah we, there's so much we can learn from nature about that process and of course even now that we're in fall you know the whole cycle of nature birth this glorious summer of life fall time of of preparing for death or renewal uh, and then winter the 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 dark season of, of reflection but also joy for some people i mean i love seeing the snow on the ground and then of course we then the hope for spring and the whole process starts again so yeah i mean there are lots and lots of, of lessons from nature yeah you know and, and i've only begun to think about this pattern recently and it's kind of been on my radar but when we think about the cycle of seasons in our life the more that I think about it, and maybe it's because of the journey I'm on and, and people like you that I'm speaking to, but it seems like we're we're spiraling up. You know, it doesn't seem so much as just this plain wheel of, you know, the dark night of, of winter, spring, summer, fall, and it starts again. It seems like we're moving up. When winter comes, 
some of the bad ideas die off and spring comes new, better ideas. And so we're moving forward. And, and like all of a sudden, I like the way you expressed us healing each other, like the roots. It seems to me like healing is becoming contagious. You know, when you're writing these books, when you're talking to people, mm. hey, I felt this thing about me. Now I'm going to help this person. It's like each one teach one. You know, we're yeah. reaching back and we're helping that next person up. And, you know, that sort of pays huge dividends once you reach a critical mass. Like we're helping everyone up. We've gotten here. Okay, turn around, help that person up. Here's yep. the secret. There's no yep. longer this tight constraint on information that so many yes. people held tight because they thought they needed it for themselves. But look, the more you spread it, the more the garden grows. And I think yeah. that's what the new book Heal is doing, man. It's it's a this contagious medium to help people. It's beautiful. I love it. All right, Jared. I'll hire after the show, we'll talk about your fee for hiring you to be a publicist. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're right. I, I love I love that uplifting yeah. uh, that you just said because it's such a beautiful thing. And it is. And the other thing about healing is it just makes us lighter. You know, we're not yeah. so, I mean, I know we talk about grounding, but, but in a sense, not, that's a different thing, but it, it just makes us lighter in our, in our souls, in our bodies, in our hearts and lighter means we want to help people. We want to yeah. share the news. Yep. So I love that. Um, the other thing I just want to mention, I think it was, um, I can't remember which podcast it was. I think it might've been Lauren, but I apologize if it wasn't, but I love, I think she said something like, or maybe you mentioned on her, but anyway, one of you said it about how we're all co-creators of these stories. And that ties into just what we're talking about here with these roots, yeah. with these connections, with the hands. We are helping each other with our healing, but also with our stories and building better stories, stories with that true, and they lived happily ever after, which most stories don't, but we can with a healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. I see the shift too, where, we're moving away from our individual stories into yeah. that, like we're one giant story. And maybe at the end, it will be a happy ending for all of us, but we have to get yeah. there. And yeah. the happy ending, I think some way, I, I think we're at this, you know, threshold guardian. If I can use a term from Joseph Campbell's stories where, mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've, we've had the call to action and now like we're facing yeah. our first threshold guardian of like, you guys have to stay in this form and you, you have to work like this and you only get this much money and there's inflation or wars. Like, okay, time to, time to bring it together. Let's huddle up everyone. Yeah. We don't like this. Let's change it. How do we change it? Well, one way we change is by everybody working on becoming the best version of themselves and being honest with themselves. And yeah. you know, it's, it's fun to, it, I guess that brings me to, the, to a question of like, how can individuals reconcile the dual lives that often result from trauma? One filled with fear and pain and the other filled with love, hope, and kindness? Oh, great question. And I just want to I, let's go back to the, the yeah. other thing you said about sure. lives, because I think we are master liars to each other for ourselves, not necessarily to yep. other people, although oftentimes it spreads to other people, but we are really good at lying to ourselves. Everything's fine. It'll be better tomorrow, or I don't care. And Again, to me, it, that's just a sign of of, of trauma uh, uh, or denial. I mean, I was that way. I oh, even in my craziest moments, and uh, <laughs> oh boy, um, you know, uh, let's just say uh, I'll you know be honest. Everyone wanted to hear parts of my story anyway, so. 
let's just say one evening deep in my trauma after uh, closing a bar down, uh, sitting in my truck, and a police officer comes and knocks on my window, to have no idea where the, where the police officer came from, and says, hey, what's, what's going on? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm Dr. Randall Hansen. What, you know, why, you know, why are you, you know, it's full of ego. Yeah. And so in denial. And, and the, luckily the, the, the police had a pretty good relationship with the university. So he, he didn't get too offended by my ego and he, and he sort of let me go with a pass, but you know, I wasn't doing it. I was just sitting in my truck, but that denial, you know, I, I spend the next couple of days saying, you know, oh, that that damn cop, you, what was he do? What was his problem? Oh no, it was my problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I didn't see it. So you're right. So the that's the hard part of the journey to me. The hard part of the journey is facing that dark side, facing that side that's used to having negative reactions because the trauma has just loves that you know that 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 those those hidden pockets of of uh, fear guilt shame resentment all these things just love to flare up and so in a healing journey there will be tough times. there will be tough times you know whether you know again like they'll call it challenging challenging tough uh, but the good news is the more you reconcile these issues and you're not going to handle them all at once. I mean, you're going to, that's a nice thing. It's a journey. It's not yeah. today. I'm going to tackle everything, you know, and be overwhelmed and no, yeah. no, it's just one little thing at a time. But the cool thing is as you, the first time you integrate one little piece into your, into your, your whole self or yourself, it comes easier each time. And, and, uh, but, I, you know, there will be setbacks. I'm not going to say it's a perfect thing. There are going to be times where you wonder why you're doing this because why am I dragging up the path? But you're not dragging it up to, to relive it. You're dragging it up to say, okay, this happened to me. I understand it better now. Here's how I can, the lessons I can learn from this. And now I can put it down and lock it in a place where I can come back to it, but not back to it in a way where I'm, Stuck in that groove and that path, but back into now where I understand it. It just becomes part of me because, again, we're not saying ignore half your life because that's silly. You live that life. It's saying, how can I find better lessons from these things and bring them forward into this life and then become a better person in whatever, whatever way that means to you? You know, for me, it means jumping up on the rooftops and saying, you know, please everyone get a healing journey for you. It's, it's, I have all these things, all these questions and all these great thoughts I have, and I want to bring all these experts in and I want to share all this knowledge and that's all this again, is positivity. So everyone's end point is going to be different what they do with that, but it's just one you know, one step at a time getting there. Don't try to do all that integration in, in one in one short step because it's not going to happen. Even with psychedelics, it's not going to necessarily happen. 
Yeah, as you're as you're speaking about this idea of integration, I had this image come to mind. It was like we're brought into this world, and like someone shows us this beautiful picture of us. Like, see this picture? You're like, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, get a good look at it. Yeah, you got a good look. Okay, yeah. And then they smash it. And it turns into a yep. jigsaw puzzle. And they're like, okay, put it back together. You're like, what? Yep. Ah, it's all broken. And then you you look at it. You're like, I cannot put this five thousand piece puzzle together. It's not going to work. But then you find one piece. And you put it together. And you're like. Okay, I can see what's happening here. Mm. And the more pieces you put together, you're like, yeah, okay, you know what? I'm going to use this other tool, this magnifying glass, to look at the corners over here. You start putting that thing together, and it gets kind of fun. You're like, oh, this is the top part of me. Hey, this is me smiling, you know? And it, it can be contagious. Like, okay, I'm going to put this thing together. I'm going to ask somebody else how they figured out to do the corner pieces. Or I'm going to ask them how they put the legs together, you know? And But if you think of it as a puzzle, you can kind of use a little gamification to figure out. It's not so much problems that you have. It's just the way you're you're looking at it. The same way it's difficult to look at a jigsaw puzzle and not see how things fit. If you just yeah. take some time off sometimes or you find a different modality, whether it's yeah. nature or psychedelics or breath work or any of these other ways you can put this picture back together. It's it's really awesome. And I maybe that's kind of what the healing wheel is. Maybe you could talk to us about this this healing wheel. Yeah. So I um you know, so again, fr from all this work, I I said, well, you know, there are all these modalities. Let's try to classify them in some way that's, you know, yes, kind of catchy and 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 a good memory aid. And so we'll talk about, yeah. you know, we mentioned psychedelics many times, probably we'll still again later today sure. because it is such a thing. Uh, nature, uh, somatics is the third mm -hmm. one in the wheel. And somatics is basically dealing with anything dealing with the body. Okay. And we know uh, the Body Keeps Score, great book. Um, Many other experts also agree that we carry trauma not just in our in our minds and our brains, but also in our body. And so somatics is just uh, there are probably you know twenty tools within somatics uh, that involve releasing this trauma from from the body. Uh, sound therapy is one. Uh, somatic therapy itself, where the, the is is a, is a category in itself. Uh, EMDR, um, light therapy, uh, massage therapy, even just uh, dancing, yeah, moving all these things that can help release these things. These these uh, feelings that are in your body. And again, it doesn't release them out to the world necessarily, but releases them back to your act so you can access them, process them and deal with them. And uh, I, I love the idea of, of, I've had just a little bit of sound therapy. Uh, I, I, after Rachel, you know, I, I definitely want to do more. I have, yeah. I have a wonderful expert in my book, Bree, who talks about it also. And uh, I, I know just from psychedelic journeys where the sounds during that journey had such a, from, you know, such a dramatic effect on my journey that I know, and, and sometimes also in deep meditation, if I have just some ambient music in the background, it, that helps take me to a deeper place and so I, I just love that we, we can uh, use these techniques to remove the trauma 
uh, from our bodies as you know as a separate. As, so so I think anyone everyone should be looking at probably some somatic elements of healing, even if they're doing talk therapy or uh, psychedelics or nature or any of these other modalities, because we have to get it we have to get it rid of, out of our bodies as well. Yeah, when I spoke with Rachel who's over at Moksha Journeys and she has her own her own uh, business as well. And she, we really got into this idea of frequencies. You know, and if yeah. you think about the world, we're surrounded by different kind of waves. Even light is a wave. So you could argue yeah. that light has its sure. own sound. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, if if people can take a moment just to just to shift their perspective on their environment and think about it as waves and sound, what kind of sounds are you affected to every day? Are you affected to, you know, a, a a, a relationship where there's a lot of screaming, where there's a lot of negative words. You know, there's, um, I know that at Guantanamo, they were using the sound oh. of crying babies to make the people feel like anxiety. Anybody who's ever had kids understands that sound is like, I got to yeah. do something now. Like it weighs on you. And it's a sound that calls to our heart that forces us into action. So if we know that to be true, then might that also be true about other kinds of sounds, positive sounds like yep different kinds of hurts and you know there's even different sorts of um harmonies between the planets that people found the chords through and we see this idea of sound that goes all the way back to the ancient greeks and even before them and some of the ohms isn't it interesting yep. that when we hear people say ohm the word home is so mm. similar you know yeah. like there's a lot of a lot of things that we may have forgotten about that come from the idea of frequency and you know nothing yeah, about frequency yeah go ahead yeah, I was just saying, you know, and and we're we are, you know, energy and water, yes. and so both right. those things are going to be affected by vibrations, yep. by sound, by frequency. Um, so yeah, I I agree completely. Uh, again, it's going to sound crazy for someone who hasn't done a psychedelic experience, but I I remember you know people talking about you know where everything's energy. And I'm like, you know, this laptop, I can smack it, but no, it's not really, it's not real. It's just energy. It's just sort of sitting there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But in this psychedelic experience, I sat in a room and the entire walls and ceiling, appliances, furniture were all energy. I could see the energy moving and it was profound in the sense that yeah okay now i am a believer that you know yes I, I i read the physics and all that but this now i i you know you know it's one of these things have faith no i need to see it and so i saw it and okay now i have now i have that belief but yeah it's 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 amazing that uh, uh how energy or sound frequency can can have such an effect on us positive or negative yeah it is amazing to see. In some ways, I think science is just, in one ways, I think one of the beautiful things about science is that it reaffirms stuff we already know. Like, yeah. yeah, we can communicate to each other without any words. Like there is this sort of telepathy where I know if you're feeling sad, I know if you're feeling happy, I know that there's a problem without even just looking at you. Like there's this communication that's happening. And that's back to the idea of energy. Like you can see it. Yeah. You may not notice it at all times, but you can see it and feel it. It's maybe maybe this brings up the idea of spirituality. Like, what is the relation to spirituality and wholeness? What do you think? Ah, 
Yes, that's the next modality. Thank you, George. <laughs> uh, I I I love spirituality because I I put in in my classification I put in spirituality I put meditation, prayer, mindfulness, and even affirmations because again I think we are spiritual creatures. Uh, you know, what's that classic quote, spiritual creatures living a physical life or whatever, something I can't remember right now, but, you know, we are spiritual creatures. And sadly, I think, uh, and, and not to offend people, but sadly, I think religion, organized religion has really hurt us as spiritual beings. It's turned off a lot of people. Uh, most recent studies show that, you know, organized religion is way down, but people feeling they call themselves spiritual beings is, is way up, which I love because to me, that's a sign of healing also. So we can be, you know, we have a soul, a spirit, whatever it is. And that spirit's in nature. It's everywhere. It's the universe. It's the creator. It's divine. It's God, Allah, Jehovah, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, whatever people call it. But, um, and I think when we're disconnected from that feeling, when we think we're just alone, this is one life and we're done. And I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't care about you. I'm not connected to you. I don't know who you are. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's, it's a, it's sad because we are connected. And the one thing that, again, I love about almost every, psychedelic story I have heard is that besides this feeling of love and acceptance, there's almost always a spiritual component to it, whether it's just a feeling of that love was so unnatural, it had to be God or something, you know, I was embraced with this love of God or you know, some people will say, you know, Jesus touched my shoulder or Jesus gave me a hug. Uh, God spoke to me, all these things. And I think that if we ignore that component, then we lose a big part of ourselves. Uh, a quick example for me, I, um, I was raised Episcopal, loved being... Um, uh, let's see. In Catholic Church, it's called altar boys. Uh, Episcopal Church, it's called acolytes. But basically, they help the priest at the at the in the church service. Absolutely loved it. It probably saved my life as a teenager because uh, had some bad things going on at home. But ironically, I was sexually assaulted by a minister, a priest, and. Um, lost that was part one of losing my faith and again this this misconception of my own that i tied spirituality with religion so i tied some man's action and said god there is no god if if, if you can't protect me against someone who you've chosen to be a man of god so to speak and so I was separated from, you know, I was that lone wolf. I was, you know, 
and and to me spirituality is also community and so i felt i just was alone and so uh I regained, so through this nature healing, I also regained my spirituality. At first, it was just the spirituality of, of nature. Oh, yay! Kitty wants to hear. <laughs> um, but it was just, uh, and, and and it's grown, obviously, since then. But so I think, again, whether it's, it, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that you can certainly heal within a certain religion. That's I'm not saying you can't do that, but spirituality is so much bigger than religion. And I think some of the best meditators are the most spiritual people I've ever met. Um, and so it, it's just a process of looking at that modality and what might work for you there. It might just, it might be just sitting down and having a discussion with, whoever you think is out there listening, it might be a meditation where you're just going deeply into asking the questions and waiting for the answers to come through again, this, this process. Uh, but it, that healing to me is probably for many people, one of the most powerful healings, if you can get that, because again, it ties into what we've been talking about all along that this connectedness uh, that there is, and especially when we're in despair and we look at, you know, why is there not peace in this world? You know, why why are there still wars? Why why are we destroying the rainforest and all, you know a, a million different things we could talk about, all the negatives that are happening, as you mentioned earlier, but but the spirituality says there's a greater good. And what's happening here is caused by man, by people not necessarily by the greater good that's out there again whatever we want to call that 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 spirit so i think spirituality is is something that just truly brings us together in community if it's done the right way not if it's done in the dogma of religion that says my religion is better than yours if you're not following my god then you must be going to hell or you know whatever it's it's not that that's not what it is at all it's about love it's about Spirituality, in my mind, is about, again, this, this brotherhood, sisterhood, that we are all connected through the spirit, whatever that spirit is. I don't know if any of us can define what that spirit yeah. is, but it's it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I, I, I think on some levels, heightened states of awareness bring you close to that connection, whether it's yeah. forest bathing, whether it's psychedelics, but you run up against that thing that's ineffable. And that is the spirit. Yeah. That is the, yeah. the, the, that is being in communication with a part of you that's greater than you. It's part of the whole. And yeah. like, just, you know, it's like the moth flying into the blue light. Like I'm going to make communion with it. Zap. It's gone. You know what I mean? Like, does it die or does it get absorbed into the wonderful blue light that is its magnificent essence? You know, I don't know, but, like, <laughs> but you're drawn to it and like you know it's there and it's, yeah. it's it calls to you on a level that speaks to every cell of your body and it is powerful. Like you, you realize the moment you realize you're part of something greater, then you can begin to understand that this thing you can't let go of, this trauma that plagues you and hurts your soul is like. It's necessary on some level. And I don't know why it's necessary, but yeah. for growth, it's necessary on some level. And that, that allows you to begin thinking about it differently. Because when we're so consumed by the pain, 
you can't think about anything but the pain. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's the beautiful tragedy of our lives that unfolds in front of us and it's painful and it hurts, but it's necessary on some level. I, I, I recently came to the conclusion to the question that was always asked me, George, is that really necessary? The answer to that is yes, it's imperative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, two, I, two, two things come that, up from that. One is I, I love what you said. I can't remember if it was on a podcast or me personally or whatever, but, and others have said it now to me too. And, and it, it's, it's something I think ever the world needs to heal here. Well, heal and here. <laughs> yeah. And that is, you said that your greatest trauma has become your greatest gift. And wow. I think when you're in that trauma, there's no way in the world you can ever see that ever because you are yeah. so deep in it. But if you can get through that. And so that's why I talk about, you know, that mountain sometimes is like insurmountable. It's like Mount Everest. I'll never get up there yeah. or I'll gonna, yeah. I'm going to need breathing and a, and a camel or whatever to get up there. But once you get up there and you can see the view, you can say, that was a gift and I, it it you know i i if if that could be the 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 billboard message we plaster you know you might not believe it today you might not believe it tomorrow or next month or next year but true healing is when you can look back and say it's a gift because this is how it's transformed my life, my worldview, my relationships, everything for the better. And I, I just thank you for that gift to me because, wow, I mean, and so that's one thing. Thank you. The other thing I just want to get back to, the puzzle, because I swear, George, <laughs> you're going to drive me crazy because you always give me like 20 ideas in each podcast. but. I love the puzzle metaphor because the other thing I love about it is I think about, especially people that have experienced childhood trauma because their childhood is kind of robbed from them. And, you know, I, until recently I had forgotten that I had a, this is a please don't question my sanity here, people, <laughs> but I had a childhood friend, uh, for imaginary friends, sorry. <laughs> imaginary friend, probably some real friends too, but I had this imaginary friend who lived in, I just really recently remembered, lived in this utility shack that was probably uh, like a, for a, a power station or something like that. Why, why he lived there, I have no idea. But um, he was, the friend who always supported me when I was getting my punished for something I felt I didn't do, or my parents were fighting, or my older brothers were ignoring me, or or whatever. This friend was reliable, and we played games together. And so I I just want to say the other cool thing to, in about healing and this puzzle piece is so perfect because I think with lost. 
many of us have lost that picture of us as a child. You know, I, I, I've really grown to understand inner child work so much more because it's, we lose, you know, when we're children, think about, you know, we watch five-year-olds play. They are just, they're not looking and comparing themselves to other. They're not saying, oh, you have Nike and I have, you know, Walmart shoes. They're not saying, uh, I'm better than you. They're just playing and laughing and going on the swings or whatever it is. And they're a community together and they realize, hey, if we all push this merry-go-round, it'll go even faster. And so they're working together. So I, I think it's beautiful when you can get to a point in healing where you can go back. And I think, I think adult trauma can separate that as well, but because that certainly for, in, in my case more, but I, I love that puzzle piece where we can start putting those puzzles together and say, and maybe as we're building that picture of us, we see in the background, oh yeah, there's that swing I used to love playing on, or there's that tree I climbed. You know, we don't do enough as adults to have fun. You know, Jenny and I, and, and since you mentioned her and Rachel mentioned her in the comments, you know, we play a crazy game of ping pong every day almost. And we don't follow the rules. We, we allow ricochets off the wall, off the ceiling. You know, people would be offended. You know, table tennis people would be offended by it. But we laugh our butts off. And it is so cathartic, even as we both feel like we're, you know, kind of in a maintenance phase of our healing. That laughter every day is something that brings back that childhood joy and that childhood memory and just helps stoke. So if we had a bad day, you know, if I got an email, someone complaining about something, or I couldn't find the email I wanted to reply to, 10 minutes of crazy ping pong and I am... I've forgotten what that problem was. So I love that puzzle. I'm going to steal the puzzle. Sorry, I'll put you, I'll give you a little asterisk for credit. <laughs> yeah, do it. It's Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, so often it's that, it's that odd piece of the puzzle. You're like, like, you don't know what it is. Like, you don't know what that, what, what is this? I can't find it, but then you find it and everything makes sense. And I love the idea about it being the swing set. You know, all of a sudden you see the swing set and you go, that's where my sister pushed me off. That's when I fell off. That's when I broke my jawbone. No one did anything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's fascinating to think about. Yeah. And, and, and I think that the puzzle speaks to the idea of wholeness as well. Because when you put yeah. the pieces back together, now you have a whole picture and that's you can right. look at it and admire it and go, oh, this is, I can see the cat chasing him over here. That's, I remember that, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that it, it's so true. Uh, and, you know, maybe especially in today's era uh, of digital photos where, yeah. you know, at least in the, in the old days, we could get the old, you know, at family holidays, we'd get the scrapbook out and people would look at the old photos. But, yeah. you know, I don't think people do that anymore. And it's that puzzle of, you know, reminding ourselves when we complete it. Oh, yeah. You know, my, my mom used to call me her happy-go-lucky kid, which I think is for many years, I thought was ironic because I didn't think I was that happy or go lucky. Certainly not the lucky part. Um, but as I built this picture, you know, again, it wasn't the puzzle, but now it is. Uh, I saw that happy-go-lucky kid. And I remembered that imaginary friend. And I was like, yeah, I want that spirit back in me. I don't want to be this serious adult that takes everything 
with uh, so much gravity. I, I want to experience the lightness. I, you know, that's why I get one of the reasons I so love your podcast, George, because, you know, I look at you, you ask, especially when you have this question you're going to ask, I can see the little devilishness in your eyes and then you ask it and you sit back and wait for the explosion. That is joy. That is, you're loving what you're doing. And that, that's healing to me. That, that's what we were looking for. That's that inner child that says, yeah, there's a time to be serious, of course, but there's a time for joy. There's a time for lightness. Um, there's a, a time for reflection. So, yeah, thank you. It reminds me, like, good conversations are so amazing. And one thing that I've learned doing podcasting is that like, when I get this good question, I'm like, I'm going to ask this person teaching me about a problem in their life, and it's going to help me solve a problem in my life. So in some ways, I'm like, oh, like, it's just so exciting to me to get to speak to so many cool people that are yeah. that are unique and have something to say and have found a way to do something I admire. And I'm just like, wow, I can't wait to learn from this person. And I think if more people took that approach that everybody you speak to is, is a master in some way and they have a secret yeah. they're trying to teach you and your job is to get it out of them. Maybe they don't want to tell you, so you got to kind of be sneak, you got to sneak up to it a little bit in some ways. But yeah, it's such a fulfilling way to help heal. And you know, I, I always yeah. hearken back to the like the Jungian idea that people are mirrors, and the things that you see in people are reflections of yourself. And yeah. maybe that's why you gravitate towards certain people is that you share a common bond, or you each of you holds a piece to the puzzle. And if you put it together, then you can both walk away with this tool. Or, but yeah, I, I think that these modalities are amazing. Yeah, it's a good way to reflect back on that too. That if someone is is yelling at you uh, or scream, you know, whatever, uh, calling your names, it's probably them projecting their pain onto you. It's nothing for you, so it works both ways. That that you can learn, we can learn from each other, but we can also be careful if someone is 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 not being nice to us. It's probably not a reflection of what we did. It's more what they're going through. And it gives us a chance to give them grace and excuse them and not engage in that process. Um, the other thing I just want to mention, I'll, you know, I people say, oh, you know, you should be, you know, tell me, oh, you should get do your podcast. You'll get more people on the healing journey. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't have the skills. You know, George, you do. I mean, and, and I think part of it is that curiosity which is awesome. I mean, I have curiosity, but I don't think I could write or develop the questions you do. And you have such a broad spectrum of what you read, which is, again, why I love listening to you and being on your podcast both, because I pick up books. All, I, I do the same thing you're doing. I'm like, oh, that book. Oh, yes. Let me write it down. So thank you for that. The other thing I think works why reflection and all these things work are the stories, because I think we can not only learn from interacting with each other as, as we do now, but in reading these stories, we can say, oh, that person got healing that way? Well, they have the same problem I have, so so maybe I will try that. You know, where before I'm, oh, I don't know if I want to try that healing modality. It sounds a little too woo-woo or too out there or new age or whatever, whatever the, the reasoning might be. And so that's why, again, in this book, like in, in Triumph Over Trauma, um, I have, in this book, I have fewer, so I have 11 stories and of healing. And I, I just had to include these stories because one, 
I just love supporting the courageousness of these storytellers. And two, there's so much learning that people can get in a safe, safe avenue. You know, they can read this book on their device and the actual paperback. They don't, you know, no one has to see them reading it to fear that they're, you know, whatever problems they have. But these stories, I, like I have two stories, wasn't planned, but two stories from uh, these women that both had Lyme disease. And Lyme disease, I don't know how much you know about that, but it is the most, I don't know, nefarious disease in my mind because it mimics so many other things. You know, it, it you get migraines, you get body aches, you get mind fog, you get all these different symptoms. And so it looks like 30 different other disorders or diseases. And so uh, these two women in these stories both fought long journeys to their healing. Again, not, not necessarily the healing we're talking about here, but it's still a healing that they were so frustrated that, you know, that, that conventional medicine could not heal them because it couldn't, it was trying to, again, could, because so much of modern medicine is symptom management. Oh, you have a headache, take an Advil. You know, oh, you're depressed, here's an SSRI. Oh, uh, you have high blood pressure, you know, here's, here's this drug. Rather than what's causing the high blood pressure, what's causing this? And so I just, uh, because Lyme, and, and I'm an, I grew up on the East Coast, and the East Coast is where Lyme is. That's why Lyme, especially to me, is, is, is in my mind. But uh, Lyme is slowly spreading across the entire 48 states because of um, climate change. So uh, it's something that we need to be aware of. So all these stories have little, lots of little pockets of information and secrets and that come out, open secrets that can, can inspire people to say, wow, if that person can do it, I can do it. And so I, I love, that's the other power power of storytelling to me is that not only are we learning and sharing from each other, but that we can take these lessons and incorporate them into our own lives and our own healing. Yeah. I, I love the idea of storytelling and I love the way in which you've compiled the stories. Like how, do, how does that happen? Like how do you <laughs> find the people that have these amazing stories? And it is, and I think both of the books seem to be like a magnificent puzzle that you have found these pieces and put them together. Like mm -hmm. they all complement each other. And mm -hmm. like the people are, I would love to talk to all those people. If, if we're listening, yeah. you guys are all welcome on this podcast. Maybe we can, maybe we could talk a little bit about what the process is like putting something like this together. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I would love to do a podcast with either a couple of the storytellers or a couple of, of the experts or, or all, of all of that. Yeah. Um, I think I have a, I forget who it is now. Uh, he's not in the book, but uh, he's someone who uh, shared his young story on LinkedIn and we got on the Zoom and I hadn't shared my story at all at that point. And within five minutes, he said, you're just like me. What? He said, you were sexually abused. What? And so I think, again, I don't, I don't know God, universe, 
something, spiritual connection. So I think sometimes it's, we just intuitively know when we see someone or see their writing or talk to them that there's trauma back there. I, I, it's not in the, maybe it is in the eyes. I don't know, but it's, it's something about the soul. And so, and I can't even tell you, I mean, it's going to sound bad as an author, but I can't even tell you exactly how I recruited the storytellers for both books. For the first book, it was actually easier because with psychedelics, people often want to shout, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I had this journey. I had love for the first time or whatever, and it, because it's often so joyous or it's yeah. just so transformative or, and so those were easy because I could, I'd be on LinkedIn. Oh, there's another person. Okay, I'm going to contact them. With this one, it was more difficult because I also didn't, I didn't mind if if um, one of the healing modalities was was psychedelics, but I didn't want that to be the right. sole modality because I, I think, again, I think some people were a little, in the first book were a little scared off. Uh, you know, they're illegal. Mm, um, yeah. I'm not quite ready for it. I, you know, I, I don't. Uh, I can't remember if I told you this last time, but I have a, a dear, dear cousin of mine and he wants to do a journey so badly. And I'm like, I have a source. They mail it directly to your house. It's microdosing tablets. Um, if you have a peel box, it'll go there. You don't have to see the post person. Um, and her first thing was, well, you know, what if the police show up? I said, well, they're not checking. As far as I know, I said, this right. company has shipped thousands of, of these bottles, and I have heard of no issues of that. I said, I don't know how it works, because to me, the substance is still illegal, but it's happening. And then the second question was, well, if it's microdosing, how do I do a full journey? <laughs> well, kind of combine some capsules, but... <laughs> Um, so I, uh, I, okay, I just lost, what was my point with telling that story? Um, you, he wanted to do a journey and he was afraid to do it. Psychedelics are yeah, illegal, yeah, so it yeah. stops the modalities. Yeah. So, so, um, I know, but I don't, I got lost there in terms of, of the modalities that we were talking about. But because people, anyway, so not all people want to, that's okay. Not all people want to do psychedelics because it's, that's it's right, still right. illegal. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. So, so she so it's actually she, so she's not, uh, I mean, she may do it before they become legal and certainly in her state, uh, there are movements to decrim, uh, certain cities. So, and, and the state itself. So she might do it sooner than she thinks, but so there are people that, yeah. So, so I learned that they're just people that are not ready for psychedelics. And so I wanted to make sure we had these other people with these other healing modalities in, in in this new book. And so it was a little more challenging. And um, I don't know, I, I, I guess I, I just looked both at my people that I knew first that I already had been connected with and kind of sense there was something going on there. And then the others, you know, just again, uh, looking at their posts on social media, there's just something about that that just, again, I, I can't explain it. And, and maybe it's, 
again, this 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 power that that supplies supports us all, whatever we call it. But I just uh, found these people, and uh, again, I I probably found about three times as many that are in the book because yeah. those that are I I talked to all of them and some have amazing stories, but they're just not ready to share it. And so that's why I call them courageous because it it does take courage to, to, it's one thing to, to heal and say, okay, I accept what happened and, and, and I see the benefits from it. And I, and my, my life wouldn't be the same without it. It's another thing to put it on paper for the world to see. And I actually had someone who who recorded and wrote their entire story with me months ago. And my philosophy is I don't push people. I'll give them one nudge. And if they're not ready, they're not ready. I don't want to, I don't want to cause more trauma on them. Yeah. And she she has this oh, wow, beautiful story. And I think one day she'll share it, but she wasn't ready. And so that's, that's okay. But those who are courageous. So I, I, you know, I thank all of them, including my wonderful podcast host here. Um, and by the way, Georgia, just have to say every editor and proofreader who has read the book all talk about the power of your story. <laughs> how profound. So thank you. Um, you are going to help a lot of people heal. And I, I ah, <laughs> I'm getting, you know, I, I, it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you to all the storytellers because, yeah, you know, it, it's, and I guess, you know, people said in the first book, you know, why didn't you share your, you know, why didn't you ask me, why didn't I share mm -hmm. my story? And partly it was, uh, Partly it's an ego thing. I, di I didn't feel people, my story was important enough, you know, um, and I didn't want to take the focus away from the people that were doing the stories because sometimes a reader can say, oh, the author has more weight to it because it's the author. So that story is weighs more or whatever. And it's like, no, but I got so much grief from not including the story in Triumph Over Trauma that I did include it. And, and heal and it it was cathartic it was helpful to share that story and it is different when you see it in print and say oh wow now everyone's gonna know what happened <laughs> and, and and i think for me i it's, it's been really freeing i don't know you can talk about I, i'm curious i mean it's not out yet so uh, for you, but for me, it's like that last stake of honesty that I needed to plant in the ground. You know, I, my, you know, the story, there's a, uh, a question people like to ask, like, what's one thing you would change in your life if you could go back in time? Mm. And I think you and I, well, I don't know. I, I'm not going to speak for you at all. Mm -hmm. For me, I would say 
Well, there are a lot of things I probably would love to change, but I wouldn't change anything because <laughs> I am in a spot now that I never in my life imagined I would be in. You know, I, I was a maybe almost a pathological liar because of my trauma. I mean, to the point where I was believing my own lies. I mean, it's kind of scary when that happened. <laughs> and, and, you know, I had, I mean, I was this, not Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Hyde, or Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll, I, you know, but I was this, you know, straight-laced professional with this deep, dark side that some saw and kept seeping further and further out. And I think it's important for people to be able to see that, you know, we all struggle. We all have trauma. We all have done things or have things happen to us that are bad or uncomfortable or unfortunate. But I would not have the love of my life today without the trauma and the healing journey that ensued. Uh, Jenny's the only person in my life that I have never told a lie to <laughs> from day one. And maybe, maybe, I'll just say this, not dating advice, but we started out as friends. And so from the first couple of times we chatted, once we became good friends, you know, we told each other all the crap in our lives, all the bad stuff. Because we're like, oh, we're just friends. We can share all this. Yeah. And then we had a chance meeting and that changed everything. Um, but I love that I had that foundation with that because uh, there are the vast majority of people, at least in my path, that, you know, probably half the stuff I told them were lies because that's just how I existed. My I, lying was almost like breathing to me. Mm which might lead to breath work, but we'll hold off on that for a second. <laughs> but anyway, so, so, you know, do you want, I don't know if you want to talk a teeny bit about the process with you and, 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 the, and as a storyteller um, or save that for another time or, or what, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm just, I just, again, just so grateful. Um, for you in so many ways, but especially for providing the story in the book. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I love talking to you because I, the same way that, that we, we both come up with all these ideas and metaphors. And when, when I hear you talking about what is it like to publish it and put that story out there, like the idea that comes to mind for me is that like our, our lives in trauma is like a lighthouse. Like we find ourselves in this secluded area and then we build this big monument to our trauma. It's like a prison and it's mm -hmm. way out in this powerful area where the waves are crashing and it's violent. And like we, we're all alone. It's this solidary structure in the middle of nowhere surrounded by nothing. But then when you publish it, it's like you put the light on. You're like, I'm going to start calling people over here. Really? I'm going to start telling people to come this way or watch out. But if you think about it, it's like you've, you've built this prison to, for yourself out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you get to a point where you're like, okay, enough of this. I'm, this is no longer a prison for me. This is a beacon of light to yeah. warn people about the situation. I'm going to turn this light on, and I'm going to have it run 24-7. Like That's what publishing does. It puts your story out there, and it shines a light like, hey – 
You're not alone. There's been people that crashed over here. Be careful. It's okay if you crash, but stay away from this area right here. Yeah. This is a this is a sign that something's going on. And you know, I, I just I, I love the idea of of building a lighthouse where you can warn people of things coming. And and you know that that lighthouse is built in an area where there's been dangerous things before. And if people can be aware of it. Perhaps it will allow them from not having as much of a crash or it'll allow them to know that there's there could be danger up ahead. And sometimes that awareness is yep. enough to change someone's life. If you see something, yep. you can move out of the way. If you're aware of something, you can yep. change your direction. If you're aware of something, you can shift your focus. And I think that that's what so many of these great storytellers that are in your book and both of the books are doing for people is that they are changing the perspective of a potential person who is either – in a storm, getting ready to go through a storm or coming out of a storm. And that's back to this connectedness. It's it's really wonderful. Okay, George, and here's how we're connected. Okay. In too many ways. Wow. So Jenny called me her lighthouse, <laughs> and I called her my safe harbor. Mind blown. <laughs> right. Every time we do one of these. <laughs> But I love that. Yeah, yeah. That light at first is solitary. The light keeper. Yeah, think about the lives of those. Light, you know. I, yeah. That I, I I toured many of the light uh, houses along uh, Oregon coast on a trip, and you know some of these were only avail access to land during low tide. They were you know mm -hmm. out there. And oftentimes there was just a light keeper and maybe his family or her family, 99% were men back in the day. And they lived pretty harsh lives. So I, it's a great analogy, but, but they had a duty to protect others and shine that light to show the, the hazards. And that's what these storytellers who were once sort of solitary in their trauma have now said, I, again, that's that healing. I want to shine this light so everyone can avoid or learn from this and be on their own healing journey and, and protect themselves on that journey. So it's beautiful. It just like, it, it's an honor to be called a light keeper. Like that's a great mm. title. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, that's fascinating to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I was definitely fascinated by all the by by the structures and the and the lives of those people and the dedication they had. I mean, they knew lives were at stake. You know, they could just sleep in or, you know, yeah, no, it's foggy today, but I'm tired. I don't want to light the thing. No, they went up there and they did that. So yeah, yeah, it is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that that kind of takes us into you know, the idea of breath work in some ways. Yeah. Like, so I love, I love, um, I love breath work. I love uh, all the things that Lauren said in, in your podcast. Um, I, I find that I'm kind of a amateur uh, meditator. I, I, I can get to some level and sometimes I can get a little deeper uh, especially if I'm maybe on a microdose, something like that. But I, I can't get to the level of some of these master meditators that are just 
you know, their experiences basically sound like a psychedelic experience. And I, I'm just, I haven't trained my brain well enough for that. But, but breath work, you can get, you know, by some of these, you know, it's all sorts of different techniques of breath work, but some of these breath work techniques can get you to a point where you, because of how you're adjusting the oxygen and, 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 and all that in the breath work, that can take you to different states of consciousness or certainly different perspectives as we've talked about. And so I love that, but I also love the idea of just, uh, so that's the healing part of it, I think. The healing yeah. part is using breath work to, to get to that place of, again, I think always what we're striving for in healing is getting to a place where we're sort of the in the third person or a third yeah. party looking at our past um, I was talking to Bob Witte yesterday, um, um, and he said uh, um, one of his healing experiences was like looking in a window of a cabin and seeing himself and whatever it was, the trauma happening. And he was just like, just watching it, just looking at it like it was a movie or something and, and perfectly calm but allowing the adult brain to say you'd have some grace for his younger self and some mercy for the person that was doing you know whatever was happening and so i think that's the when we can we can get to that point with with breath work where we can have that change in perspective but the other thing i love about breath work is is to the mindfulness part of it that, you know, this is, you know, one of the few automatic functions yeah. that during this whole podcast, I haven't thought about breathing once because <laughs> we're just, you know, just talking and the body does it for me. But um, having conscious focus on breath, again, sort of like that nature healing, it allows us to calm our system down and shut out the noise and just whether it's you know the box method or just counting your breathing or deep breath in holding it and you know there's like I said there, there are multiple methods that are, are out there and of course also listed in the book but I think anytime we can turn off the automatic things in life and focus on it itself so like breathing, yeah. It um, it just allows us to again change the pers our perspective, change our environment, um, and take us to a point where we can have some reflection on whatever it is we're talking about. Oh, which leads me to one other point. Again, another uh, parallel with psychedelics, but I think all healing needs to have intention. Like if you just do breath work for the sake of breath work, that's fine. It's a good thing. It's a nice process. It's a, it's a good practice. It, 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 it maybe gives you a gratitude moment. But if we set the intention that I'm going to do this breath work to solve something that's nagging at the back of my head, you know, what is this thing? I can't quite put my hand on it or, 
you know, I had this other journey and I saw something, but I, I need to go deeper into it. So intention is critical in, in all these healing modalities. I mean, yes, if you go up for a walk in nature and you don't think about it, you're still going to get some of the benefits. But if you have the intention of, you know, I'm going to go sit in my garden. Mm -hmm. I love that, by the way. Yeah. I, and I'm just going to be here for 30 minutes and just be with the intention of being quiet, observing nature, feeling, seeing, sensing everything around me while working on this problem. And it doesn't have to be in the forefront, but you have to have that intention because otherwise you're just sitting there enjoying your garden, which again is a wonderful thing, but it's not necessarily getting to the healing part of it. So thank you for saying intention because that is critical in that, in that, in the healing process. Yeah. There's something to be said about knowing what you need to work on. Like that will focus you on the direction or at least help, help you see the path. You know, we don't yeah. always know what the answer is, but we can start by taking that first step and that first step will lead to the next one and so on and so on. And yeah. And, and, and yeah. And we have, we have great, you know, again, I am not the, the I'll, well, let me say this first, you know, we have, Wim Hof and Dan sure. Groff and other great, great experts in, in breath work. And so I am not, my goal here with this book, with both books actually is, my goal is what coming back to what you said at the very beginning of this podcast, which is I want to take this healing to the world. And I think sometimes people get intimidated by like how to change your mind. Love mm -hmm. that book. Love Michael Pollan. But I've had many people say they couldn't finish it. The body keeps score. Amazing information in there. I've had a lot of people say they get through half of it, can't finish it. And so there are all these amazing experts out there, but sometimes we have to take it down to a, a level that everyone can understand. And I'm not trying to, to downplay it. I'm not trying to say we all couldn't understand Michael Pollan. We all could understand Michael Pollan. But sometimes, I, I, I guess my writing style is always try to be make it as accessible yeah. to anyone who needs it. And so I utilize all these experts. And, so, and I certainly always try to reference them because they are the ones who did it. I, I'm just saying, here's a comp compilation. Yeah. So you don't have to do you know 100 hours of your own research here it is in one book um and if you need if you want to find out more then you know go to you know wim Hof's website and and learn more there or whatever but at least you have the basics in this one volume and it's a starting point for for going deeper you know there are uh, great books on psychedelics besides how to how to change your mind you know uh Matt Zeman has a great book. And then yeah. there are also great books about personal stories like Shannon Duncan's and Matt Simpson's, uh, Doc Ask Askin. You know, so there are all these, you know, people that are so so again, I guess my point is I, I'm and maybe it's you know the ego saying shut up, but I I I I I, I want to recognize the experts, the scholars, the 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 one the the ones who groundbreaking people, whether it's psychedelics, whether it's breath work, whether it's meditation. So that's what I try to do. I try to 
in this book and in, in Triumph Over Trauma, I've tried to, again, my educator hat, here's what's been done. Here's why it works. Here's how you could use it. Here's why you should use it. Here's some stories of people who did use it. If you want more, here are the experts to go deeper into and, and, and into whether it's, you know, somatics or spirituality or whatever. And so I just want to kind of backstep from that because I, I you know, that's, I guess one of the hardest things for me when it is it's my book. Yes, but it's a storyteller's book, but it's also the, uh, I have um, eight experts in here that actually have contributed to the book. Uh, plus then of course the experts that uh, I've contributed by just sharing their research. So it's a, it's a, I guess, I guess the book in a sense follows what we've been talking about all along that it takes, we are a community and it takes all of us. It's not just one person who's an expert. It's all of us has something to share. And again, it comes back to your podcast and, and, and other podcasts. I don't want to just keep all the praise on you, although it's deserving, but you know, all these podcasters that are out there about healing and, and mind expansion and, changing perspective and and even just educating on all these topics it's important because we all do have something to say and all of us have life experiences that have deep meaning and um so anyway long tangent sorry about that but uh not at all uh, it's it's beautiful i i think that your two books so far and books like rattled awake which is a cool series is yes that, i want to definitely want to check that out yeah you'll love it. it but i think that these three particular books that are right on my radar right now is that it goes hand in hand with the revolution of healing because what you're doing is you're co-creating with people for so long the way in which we've worked is this you know rugged individualism or this idea that one person does things but no one person does anything that's magnificent right. there may right. be some great things that people do but everyone has a team around them everyone yep. has someone that contributes and it's now it's like when i see the books like this like hey everyone's getting a chance to be part of the healing modality everyone is sharing a story and we're sharing them together for so yep. long it's like we were all alone together but yeah. now we're kind of like co-creating this thing. And when you do that, you're sharing the responsibility. You know, it's it's the chop wood, carry water as a community. And we're building something together. And I think that your work has been instrumental in this. You know, you're bringing together people's stories and putting them in one place so other people can find them. And you're giving credit to the people that are like, it's like that Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, where the light goes through and then like all the colors come out the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like you're the prism and you're just like this light shining through and then you're like, look at all this beautifulness, you know? <laughs> so I love it. Dr. Rabbit. Thank you. I, I love Thank our you. conversations. And maybe, so where, when is the book available? Is it out now? When is the launch date? Where can people find it? Give us the lowdown on that kind of stuff. Um, the book is currently uh, pre-sale on Amazon, just the uh, KDP the, or the, the e-book, the Kindle book. Right. Um, but I probably in my email right now, I have the final uh, cover design and pages from the designer. So uh, it'll be going to press soon. And the, the actual launch date is November 15th. And that's definitely when the paperback will be available. 
and it should be available Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and and bookstores. It might take a little longer to get to, but we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, so November fifteenth is a big day, and uh, if you follow me on any social media, you'll probably get a little sick of it by the time November fifteenth comes around. <laughs> but uh, um, and they can go to uh, they can go to healmehold.com and there's a some free articles already posted up there about healing. Uh, there's also a link to the Amazon page um, and some other information about the book itself. I'm so excited for it. It's going to be in so many ways. I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of this project. I, I believe in Triumph Over Trauma was such an amazing book. This is such an amazing book. I can't wait to meet some of the co-authors. And it's always yeah. a pleasure to get to spend some time with you. And next time we got to have Jenny with us because I think the three of us could probably have like a really even more robust conversation. But that's true. Yeah, that's but it's true. fun. We, I love, we, have, to, I we have to twist her arm. We have to twist yeah, her arm a little know, bit. I know. And um, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we can get in, maybe we can get another podcast before launch date, but let's let's sure. stay in touch. And um okay. I really love talking to you and I appreciate your time and I'm really thankful for everything you're doing and how much you care about people. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. I appreciate you, George. And thank you. It, it's just, someone told me the other day, it's uh, you're, you're a man on a mission. And I said, yeah, I am. I, I didn't expect to be on this mission. And I, I just, I feel like I'm, as your analogy, I feel like I'm being lifted up by all these co-creators and others. And, um, and every time I get someone who said they've healed, it's just like, uh, you know, my heart sings. And that's, that's, just, that's just what I want. I just want people to heal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, ladies and gentlemen, okay. the book is called, it's called Heal. Is that the name yeah. of the book? What, what's the yeah. name of the book? Heal. It's, and it's there's... called uh, Heal. Of course, because I don't have it in front of me. That's good. Yeah. Um, uh... Yeah, I'm like you, I have all these notes and now I've lost my notes. Yeah, I know. All right, hold on one second. I have to do it. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's called Heal Holistic Practices to Help Clear Your Trauma, Heal Yourself, and Live Your Best Life. Yeah, and it's packed with incredible stories that come from the heart, that will go to the heart, and... You know, it, it's it's a wonderful thing. I'm so excited to see what's happening in our world right now. And we'll hang on briefly. Uh, hang on briefly afterwards. I'm going to hang up with our friends in the audience, but I want to talk to you briefly afterwards. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, the book is called Heal. The book prior to that was called Triumph Over Trauma. They are a series of stories that will welcome change into your life and hopefully at least be somewhat like a lighthouse to keep you aware of what can be out there and understand you're not alone. There's plenty of ways to find ways to become whole. And that's all we got for today, ladies and gentlemen. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that 
I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.